Well, hello and welcome back to the Creative Unblocked podcast. We are super excited. Uh, Margaret and I are going to be sitting down and talking to Christine Ownwell today. And right off the bat, uh, Christine, why don't we get started with just talking a little bit about yourself? Um, can you let everybody know what kind of work that you do and your own uh, personal background? Okay. Excellent. Yes. Thank you. I am an executive coach. I'm a teamwork facilitator. And I recently created a group leadership program experience called Alchemy of Chaos. And I'm writing a book on it right now. And it's expanding. It's got some serious legs. So I've been, it's kind of my muse at the moment, Alchemy of Chaos. Uh, and, it, and it gets infused into my work as an executive coach because ultimately it's, it's, a, it's an experience on how to live within the unknown mm. um, in, in a productive way. <laughs> but, but it's almost like the productive is not the goal, but that's what happens when we can open up fully and face reality. So that is what I'm currently contemplating and what intrigued me about the Creative Unblock. When I first heard that name, it just rang mm. for me. Um, and the reason that is, is of course, because it's clever, <laughs> making a play on creative block, mm -hmm. uh, which, um, which I, I have said so many times and people that I work with have said that word. I'm just really blocked creatively. So mm -hmm. the first thing was just having the play on, on that word. But the second thing is my, my previous understanding as an executive coach of how the, the consciousness and awareness of our capacity to create new things, mm. not necessarily art, but to create new realities, to create new mm. paradigms, to create new ideas or organizations, how tied in that is to our unconscious. Absolutely. And, um, and how, I, and I already had an awareness of how art accesses that part of our right brain that, that does live predominantly in kind of like the background of our awareness and mm -hmm. consciousness. So uh, it, was, it was a combination of all of these reasons that, um, that really compelled me to want to get into this session with y'all as soon as possible. Mm, yeah. And I just want to say that I think the reason we were really excited to work with you is because, you know, I feel like, you know, generations and generations of artists have kind of absorbed all of this information of how to get unblocked on how to really expand consciously, um, subconsciously, but then yet they've kind of kept it to themselves because they've been motivated more so in creating artwork or, um, something of that aspect. And so I feel like it's you know, almost this kept hidden secret because um, it's something that everybody can um, benefit from if they allow themselves to to be open to the process, right? And um, so I was really excited to yeah. work with you specifically because I knew that you would be open to this mm -hmm. and um, uh, just watching you experience it was really exciting for us because we knew that you would really kind of take it in wholeheartedly um, and really have a great experience with it. So, um, yeah. So I was going to kind of segue into what, what was the experience like? I know early on, uh, you had asked to have a have a journal because uh, even as you started to play, you know the first portion of the process, as Margaret um, has designed it, is the play portion. And already within that play portion, it seemed like you were already having 
that shift was already taking place and that shift was already creating some intuitive hits for you before you even started to address uh, whatever problem that you were working on. Can you talk a little bit about that just being absorbed early on in the process? Yeah, I think what was most impactful about that play section is there are just so few times, if any times, that I could remember in my past that I sat down intentionally to create something without a specific goal mm. in mind. Mm. Like I would sit down at a like canvas and be like, okay, I need to make it look exactly like this and I can't mess up and I'll ruin it if X, Y, or Z. And I think the liberation that came sitting down to just play and have no, no need for a specific outcome was in and of itself really powerful. Mm -hmm. Just kind of flexing that muscle because I do believe it is a muscle that we have to work yeah. on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, especially I call myself a recovering perfectionist. And yeah, that was just like, it was like the opposite of, of the, any approach to anything that I've created <laughs> basically my whole life. I mean, I remember being a little kid and, and taking these, I loved um, these classes with someone that was here in Nashville and she was called the clay lady. And, and I would just pay such, I, I would make, if the goal was to make a pumpkin and have mm -hmm. all these details, like everyone else would just like, whatever, like create a pumpkin and like draw lines down the pumpkin. Um, and I would basically end up with like a smooth ball because I was so focused on mm, girl, I like, totally understand every detail, every detail <laughs> of perfection. So, and you know yes. what memory just came up? A memory just came up of me in fourth grade. I was on the playground with four other kids and we were like, we had sticks and we were carving pictures into this like hard mud mm -hmm. area. And I drew a dog paw. And so it was like one giant circle that was like perfectly formed and then four tiny little circles mm -hmm. above the paw and everyone else just like had their sticks and it was messy and all these things. And there was someone that was a judge and they picked my dog paw mm. and I, and it was like this very, like very um, conservative, <laughs> like no detail because I was way too concerned. So anyway, the, the, the point is that sitting down with, um, a series of scrap pieces of paper with Margaret saying, you can use as many pieces of paper as you want. Like, and I remember thinking in my head, oh, I could just draw a random blue stripe across this piece of paper and then just turn it over and do something else. And uh, yeah, so that, that experience from that perspective was already feeling very powerful. And I wanted to write down notes about what it was like for me to experience uh, what I perceived to be the opposite of so many years of crippling perfectionism that kept me from taking risks. Yeah. And yeah, I remember specifically when we were doing it, you um, created something and instead of, and it wasn't exactly what you wanted it to be. And I remember you saying, which was really insightful. I remember you saying, well, this is how it was created. So now I'm going to come up with some other brilliant way of doing it. Not because it turned out the way I wanted it to, but because that's where it led me. And by it leading me there really opened you up to, or it seemed to open you up to um, taking a different direction, which ended up being beautiful within itself, right? You would have never gotten there if you intended mm -hmm. to get there, but because of the quote unquote mistake that we put on ourselves, because we intended to look a certain way, ended up opening you mm -hmm. up even more to something that seemed to be a lot more enrich enriching to you. Yeah. And I think Christine, just your, mm -hmm. your, your 
flashback to childhood. I mean, I can't mm-hmm. tell you how many times we've heard from people these stories that are deeply, and you know, you're a, you're a coach. It's all about stories and all this stuff that's in our subconscious. And, you know, it, it is this, um, I think we're all, especially when we approach art, we're all these recovering perfectionists because we're, we're graded on, you know, we're in a society that grades, we're in a society that analyzes. And so even by stepping into, I just want to do this for its own sake is part of that shift in consciousness that starts to free Mm -hmm. a lot of these blocks and stories naturally just by playing. So I I appreciate you opening up about that in the past because that's, that's a big part of it is most, most of us have these like war wounds and, and these, uh, these, these bruises from our past of someone that said something or that we did something and, and uh, maybe even got rewarded for it. Right. Like what you were saying. Yeah. So I appreciate you um, saying that. So I know yeah. Margaret had a question about you, you had um, a question for. Her. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was just going to actually just talk a little bit more about the paw print, which I'd never thought of it that way. I think for so long, I've been thinking of the people that didn't think that they were artistic, but I like that you hit on that you created something and because it was quote unquote perfect, then that reinforced the concept that you can't mess up, right? Like that you can't make um, different choices or um, kind of get outside of the line. So I think it's interesting because that's a mm-hmm. completely different shift on it, which has still been, you know, it's uh, debilitating either way, right? Just in a different, mm-hmm. just in a different yeah. way. Um, yeah. So, you know, you did the play portion and then um, there's a portion of where, you know, you are addressing a specific problem um, if you want. And we just kind of wanted to ask you, what are some like uh, aha or breakthrough moments that you had once you kind of address this problem and then you created a piece based off of that particular promise did anything did anything come to mind once you created it and then had to sit down and, and discuss it with us yeah I think I think a really powerful I mean there were, there were several powerful insights but the the one that just came up when you asked that question is a very visceral experience of what happens when I just trust myself mm. um, I remember starting to starting to, to just make these Marks and I was just going over and over again with these squiggly lines mm-hmm. throughout the all over the the page, and I didn't know I didn't have a plan, mm-hmm. <laughs> which felt so weird for me to start to start doing something to start moving my paintbrush across this paper without an image of whatever it was I was trying to create. Like there was no try. Mm-hmm. And, oh, like Yoda says, oh, gosh, I love Yoda. There is no try only do. Um, but that, but that's what it felt like. And I, and I kept, and I, and I just kept going and I kept going and I kept going. And then I, uh, got another paintbrush and I got another color and I did a totally different thing. And I stopped halfway through the the page and I didn't know why necessarily. And then I experimented with something else and to be able to look at that painting and then see the solution to my problem so clearly and knowing that I wasn't trying to paint a solution, but I did Mm -hmm. um, without knowing what it was going to look like. And that, that's such, that's such a paradigm shift to how most, people, particularly my clients, the executives that I work with, um, everyone, like the plan is the jam. Like everybody's mm-hmm. got to have a plan. If yeah. you don't have a plan, you're a loser. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, like you don't know what you're doing if you don't have a plan. But there, but this process was such a liberating testament to what can happen if you commit to not having a plan. Something mm-hmm. can happen that goes beyond what I could have come up with which is exactly what y'all are doing here. It's, it's exactly what the creative unblock is all about. It's like accessing a different part of yourself to solve 
a problem that has previously been unsolvable because you've been thinking about it in the same linear way that you think about everything else. And when you apply uh, this, this self-trust and intuition and play and art and right brain wisdom, new insights can emerge that, could, that never could have been come up with with your logical brain. And that's what makes it so powerful. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and fire myself for the podcast, Christine, and you can you can take my position because you're way better at explaining this to people. I feel like than I ever could be. Well, so. I, I, and I think too, Christine, what's what's great about what's great about what you're saying is that you know we really just put this in front of you. We weren't we didn't guide you through any other than Margaret guiding you and creating a safe space is huge. Margaret does a great job of that. That's a big thing. But I think what you're saying is like they were already there. The, the answers that you were looking for were already there. They were almost just kind of excavated. And as soon as that shift happens, what we see are these breakthroughs that happen so fast because you're, you're, they're already within you. You just haven't had a way to kind of cross over the the great divide between this over-analytical mind. And I would imagine working with exec- executives, especially high-level executives, is an enormous amount of stress, enormous amount of pressure. You have shareholders, you have employees. And so all that stress just continues to drive more and more uh, of a need to, uh, to analyze and to stay in that hemisphere. So um, that shift, when it happens, what we see is that uh, people are like, they get new energy back in, inside of them because they didn't realize that they had all this within them. So I, I really appreciate you, you articulated that really well. And I think um, one of the last questions to close out is, you know, how some of those, these moments that have, have helped you in, in your life, in your business, I mean, what has kind of inspired you? Um, I know that some of the things that came up for you was some things based around technology. Um, but, but in, as you started to realize that there were some of this is how did that kind of flesh out in your real life? Because it's one thing to have an aha moment and be like, Oh, that was cool but it not actually benefit you. And so our whole point is really to get people results in their real life after the session. So can you talk a little bit about how that kind of fleshed out in your real life after um, the session was over? Yeah. And I, I would, I would start this by, uh, by mentioning how important it was to have Margaret there. Mm. Um, I know you said, you know, like that I forget your exact words, but something about like, she didn't um, like make any massive paradigm shift proclamations at the beginning because it was within me. However, without her there mm. holding that space, that that can't emerge. And there was one particular moment where I went into my, like I was resisting my <laughs> creative energy very subtly. Mm. And the way that I was doing this is I was asking her questions like, mm. well, what about like, what kind of paintbrush is good for this? Or like, what does this do? Or like, what, how would you recommend blah, 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 blah. And, and instead of entertaining that part of my brain, which is the unhelpful part that I was trying to switch off, uh-huh. she was like, just see, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> I don't know. Like, just like totally not giving any energy to my, <laughs> my logic questions, <laughs> which that feedback space, like, you know, you could argue that you could go get some paints and, and like, you know, set up at your kitchen table and, and do this. However, I would, I would just add that there's such a, an important layer of space holding space creation and mm. not feedback. It's almost like the absence of feedback that mm. ends up being the feedback mm-hmm. that allowed me to, to like get over that hump. So I want to say that first. And the, the insights that happened, gosh, there were so many. Um, okay. I, I have some specific ones. <laughs> that I can share just like yeah. tiny little moments yeah. that, that made such 
a difference. So there was this one, like I historically, like I like to create colorful things. I like bright colors. I like, you know, just like the rainbow. I like my shelves at home. I have all of my books organized in rainbow color and I just love that pop of color. And there was this one, um, line of colors that I had been avoiding the entire morning mm-hmm. um, because they all, it was like blacks. It was black mm-hmm. colors. And, um, and then there was this moment where I was just like, I, I realized that I'd been avoiding this entire <laughs> line of the palette mm-hmm. and I dipped my brush in paint and in the water and I swirled it in one of the black squares. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I went to my beautiful, colorful thing being like, okay, I guess I'm just going to ruin it now <laughs> with the black <laughs> stripes. Right. And I swiped my brush on the canvas and it was the most beautiful royal blue. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I couldn't tell that it was blue. I thought it was black. And it was just such a cool thing to like, mm-hmm. like how often am I avoiding what I perceive as like boring or oh, dark amen, or shadowy girl. when really amen. there's like a surprise, yes. right? So there was that, which, which translates in so many metaphors to life. So like yes. what am I avoiding that I perceive to be dark or yes. unwanted that actually might have a surprise for me? Um, another one is um, that I, I trusted myself to experiment by... I, and I don't even know what caused me to do this because I don't know about artistic techniques <laughs> at all. But I dipped my paintbrush in water mm-hmm. without paint and I like did a stripe across the top and like the, the, the water was dripping down the canvas and then I got some color on it and I, re- and I repeated that thing. And then the, the colors lined up with the drips and they dripped down and it turned out to be my favorite piece of art that that happened because I was bold enough to try this random thing of Mm. like putting water on the canvas before paint and I was just like maybe that's an actual technique that people use but Mm -hmm. I just discovered it myself no one had to tell me um and and then there and then there was yeah and one more experience where I thought that I was just playing around with all of these different disparate or seemingly disparate um material mm-hmm. and I was just like this is gonna just be funky and whatever like it's okay if it's ugly and it was just so I was so shocked at how beautifully everything blended that mm-hmm. all of these different textures can work together that mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be and so then that was a metaphor for like inviting dissonance mm-hmm. um in my life that mm-hmm. creates this really beautiful thing rather than only using watercolor on this one painting or only using crayons like how often Am I pre-delineating what would look good based on its similarity? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And Absolutely. there's like a whole metaphor for inviting diversity and all of that. So yes. as you can see, it was so profound for me. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's so awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. I um, That of just course. really filled my whole entire heart. Yeah, and I, I, what, I think that um, what, what, what excites me so much is that, you know, there's so much metaphor with art. And I think I'm, I'm mm-hmm. glad you said that about Margaret because we we talked about that. And, and the, it's almost like the, the safe guiding, because Margaret's been a professional artist for so long, and she holds that art education space, she understands both sides of it. And so she does such a great job of 
not answering because I, I I'm I'm the exact same way. I'm like, well, what do I do next? And she's like, well, just continue because I I went through this when we were first um, coming up with this, and I I had like multiple aha moments, and I was amazed. But again, uh, that uh, Margaret provides an enormous amount of safety. So I'm I'm glad that you said that because that's important. Otherwise, if that's not embedded, I don't think you feel safe to make any shifts or um, or, or to trust yourself. And I think I'm, I'm I appreciate you saying that. And so Christine, where where can people find you? I mean, if they like, uh, if there's any executives that, that happen to follow up on our podcast or our, um, our, our website or anything like that, is what's the best way that people can find you? Obviously, we'll link this in the show notes, but um, what's the best way people can find you if they'd like to work with you and find out more about what you do? Um, I would say Instagram. My Instagram is Christine ONL, although I will also say that I currently have a private profile and I have not posted a thing since the beginning of June. So, Whatever that means. My website is is ONL, right? <laughs> my website is my last name.com, ONL.com. Great. And then uh, and then my project Alchemy of Chaos is alchemyofchaos.com. So that's awesome. Within there, the, there there would be methods and ways to get in touch with me. Wonderful. Well, we will definitely um, uh, let you know if anybody reaches out because um, she is an amazing person to work with. So we highly recommend that she's been a, a good friend of ours and we've really um, enjoyed um, being able to learn a lot from you just um, just by being your friend. Well, so, um, so yeah. So thank you again and taking the time to yeah. um, explain what your experience was like. And yeah, we'll definitely point everybody in your direction if they want to work with you. So. Yeah, and I love I love the alchemy of chaos. Thank you what so a, much. What a perfect time for that right now. Yeah, so, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you, Christine. Timely, we've been, for we've, sure. Yeah, we've enjoyed having you. Thanks, y'all. All Have right, a good day. Bye.